Marcus Lambert is an entrepreneurial CTO and software architect for Omobono, the digital agency for business brands. He measures success by delivering exactly what the user needs wrapped in a compelling UX on time and on budget. We discussed moving employees to remote working environments during COVID, digital transformation, how the role of the CTO is changing. Enjoy the chat. Marcus Lambert, welcome to Dot Innovate. Hi, thanks. So you say that most agency business continuity plans are not fit for purpose. Many of us have plans for fire or emer- a fire emergency or moving office uh, to another part of the city, but we're not prepared for something like this. Explain. Yeah, I, I think we, we went for this process um, uh, looking at our BCP. Um, I, I think it's um, I th- think this is like a new situation that um, th- that people hadn't considered, really. Uh, I think, as you say, we had looked at our BCP for things like, um, you know, an emergency such as a fire or a terrorist attack, and we're having to move people to uh, a different location, et cetera, or, you know, maybe a flood or something. But we really hadn't looked at, you know, kind of a, this kind of slow-moving pandemic and this kind of isolation and lockdown um, and, you know, like going fully remote um, it, it, it hadn't really occurred sure. to us. Uh, um, and so, you know, we had to relook at our BCP and I'm sure most agencies and most organizations, you know, will periodically look at their BCP. Uh, but you know, th- this is a, a scenario that is quite exceptional. Mm. Um, you know, wouldn't you think? And you're having to do that really quick and on, on a <laughs> unprecedented sort of timescale. Most businesses have been forced into looking at this and turning something around in a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Um, how how have your business continuity plans changed as a result of the pandemic? Yes. So once we once we kind of realised this was um, this was you know this was a, a kind of a moving situation and was getting and, and escalating, we you know we 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 pulled a meeting together and and, and looked at our continuity plan, um, and we quite early on realised that we're probably going to have to go fully remote. Um, you know, at most our. Uh, mo- uh, we, we're, we're lucky in some respects because quite a lot of our employees uh, are already have all the equipment at home, like laptops, etc., and are used to you working with clients around the world um, remotely. So we have like you know video conferencing in place. Um, you know we have you know we run Microsoft Teams, etc., and we have been doing for many years. So we already had all the kind of a lot of the tools in place. We probably didn't have any procedures, and you know some of the kind of like kind of gotchas that happen is that you know once you make a decision that everyone's going to work remotely is like you know do their do their office setups you know their mm. environments they work from at home are they are they good enough to do so for a long period of time because we were used to use doing it like ad hoc for sure, a few days for a day but, or two you know, right yeah but you know people are working from maybe you know like, like their kitchen table on a very uncomfortable chair and a very small apartment mm. and you know they're used to working in the office with a you know an ergonomic chair sure. and you know the, the you know the right monitors etc right. so um, once we realized um, that we would be fully remote, it was really making sure that everybody, ha- um, one, was able to do so with things like they had, did they have the correct internet access, mm. uh, did they have the right kit at home, um, and this was all before the kind of lockdown. Um, mm. So we, we kind of put that plan in place um, and ran some tests. So we ran some scenarios where we um, 
say we 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 asked London to work from home for a couple of days mm. and so it'd make everyone realize what they were missing from their desk you know was it the mouse was it their nice keyboard right. their wall comp tablet okay. etc makes so, sense yeah so they then had a chance to come back in um and pick all pick all that up um and take it home to make their environments better at home um and then and then we quickly um because we have an office in Cambridge and one in Chicago and, uh, and one in London um, similar situations are happening in Chicago. We quickly moved. We, we thought we might take a week or two to try and get everyone to do a test in each of the offices and then um, and then fully go remote. But we were kind of our hand. We, we kind of escalated that after the first couple of tests. We thought, right, we're going to go fully remote now. Um, and like within three days, we mm. pushed everyone remote because the first test went so well. Um, and you know we were monitoring things like teams and emails and in your communications to make sure everything was working well um and it was um so we went very quickly to fully remote um and and essentially shut down the offices makes sense so now that you're fully remote omibono is a team of 100 people um, across the world as you've said how how difficult how challenging has that been working with a fully remote team of 100 people um, both from the point of view of productivity, uh, still delivering on client work, keeping motivation and morale high. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, um, it, it, you know, I think, you know, I think clearly people are going through a bit of a, like a hype cycle kind of curve of like kind of too many video calls, <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, spending a lot of time um, on video calls when they should be working. And I think we've kind of gone through that, you know, and it's certainly in the first week, everyone thinks it's novel. It's fun. Mm. Um, you know, you can see on the second week, you know, it, you know, it, it's less fun. It's starting to wane. Yeah. Right. Um, but um, I, I think you've kind of got a, you know, we're lucky and I'm sure most agencies are, there's always this kind of strong element of fun and community i mean that's why people work for agencies you, mm. you know it's it, they're fun places to work um and and we had really taken that kind of uh, you know on a bono being fun into the kind of you know online meetings so we run on fridays you know there's a lot of community around um you know we run quizzes and fun games and people are finding interesting ways to um kind of you know uh, kind of do that social interaction um, and, you know, feel more of a community, you know, typically most ages maybe had Friday drinks, you know, mm. uh, or trolley drinks, but, you know, it's like, how do you do that digitally? And, you know, uh, people are doing it in very creative ways uh, with, you know, things like quizzes or playing board games online, um, you know, essentially just having fun with it. Um, and it's worked really well for us, um, you know, it, it, and really pushing that onto platforms like, you know, like Teams and chat or Slack, et cetera, you mm. know, it can be done. Um, uh, and, and yeah, I, I think we're doing really well at the moment. The community aspect uh, for us seems to be thriving. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of those kind of face-to-face elements of Alma Bono are being brought into kind of this kind of virtual in, you know, into chat or into video hmm. every day. Super fascinating. So your role as CTO now, I imagine that your role in Remit has sort of changed and flex as sort of the weeks have, have rolled on. Um, uh, and I imagine that you possibly use an outsource uh, sort of IT provider to manage most of your uh, team's IT sort of support needs. But talk a little bit about how your role and your remit has sort of changed over the last few weeks. I mean, what does your what does a typical day look like now for you? Yeah, so I, I think I think my role probably has changed um, a little bit. Um, uh, 
uh, are probably looking at slightly more operationals with um, uh, with um, my CAO um, uh, because we want to we want to keep a pulse on the business about what's you know things like are the systems performing um you know how people are using them are there any problems blockages etc which you know i think typically in the past in the office those things were kind of done things you know people rang the help desk and logged their tickets um whereas now I'm, we're, we're probably taking a slightly more proactive stance of like actually monitoring it to you see it more real time to understand how people are you know are, are they having problems how people are using it just try and capture anything that that could flare up early and and you know nip it in the bud rather than relying you know on you know our outsource it or probably doing it for you know you know 10 other 15 other companies um as well um so my role probably has shifted um to look at you know proactively look at things more operationally around the systems and monitor them slightly um as well as doing all the client stuff um if, you know you know doing architectures for clients and those kind of things so. mm, okay talking about clients i mean you're you're a b2b agency um you've got b2b salespeople that are used to selling in a sort of a more traditional way face-to-face -face, uh meetings events um and getting real face time with with clients obviously that's not possible now in this environment talk about how how you're thinking about sales and marketing and sort of new business at, at this point because i imagine that it must be quite challenging for your for your b2b sales team yeah, um, it, it certainly has changed. You know that, as you say, the face-to-face -face interaction, um, it, you know, has disappeared. Um, we, we found that most people are quite receptive. Um, you know, to be approached over email at the moment. Um, I, it could be the fact that people are working remotely and maybe you know are are, are online more um, than they would normally be, rather than you know working walking you know in an office building between you know meeting a meeting etc. People are sat in front of their screens a lot more, so. Mm are willing to reply to emails more um and you know you know i think you know we we've gone you know out out you know we're obviously very empathetic so we're asking how people are mm -hmm. you know you know everyone is in the kind of same boat together mm -hmm. a little bit you know probably all feeling a bit lonely and slightly scared mm -hmm. um about the whole situation so kind of reassuring everybody you know that you know business still goes on and mm -hmm. there is a bit of normality is probably reassuring mm -hmm. as well um so reaching out um really via email and other channels and you know picking up the phone um and actually speaking to people um is you, you know in in the in the kind of you know within this lockdown environment if that's all you can do is you know i think is reassuring to everybody even if it's just to say hi you know mm -hmm. are you still safe um you know is there anything i can do um because people probably are worried about their jobs and mm -hmm. And you know what's going to happen sure. next week or in the next couple of sure. days. Well, tomorrow. You know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's really being a human being. Yeah. Um, and you know, bringing your whole heart to it. Um, really, is the key to it. Um, how to kind of you know keep business going at the moment. Sure. Um, you know, I think um, you know there are you know there are these kind of set plays maybe as an agency. You know, you know we would normally have things like um, you, you know we would have meetings uh, face to face where. We would, you know, things like pitches or workshops, etc. They've all got, they've all had to change. Um, uh, you know, like kind of the work um, has had to, had to change because you can't be in the room with people. Well, talk about talk about that a little bit more because in the pre-interview we discussed how pitches and presentations and workshops have to add a little bit more. We have to add a little bit more theatre to them these days because they're being done 
remotely um, and obviously with with budgets now moving more and more towards digital because more people, more, most people are at home, how how are we having to spruce up presentations and pitches to add a little bit more theatre and creativity and, and fun to them in a way that sort of engages uh, prospects through in a digital environment? Yeah, I think um, I, I think you know naturally it's had to change. You know, on the workshop situation, I think you know you've lost the ability now to really kind of um, you know do loads of post-it notes and those kind of workshops sure. on the wall in the office. You know, so you've kind of got to take that virtually. So things like um, whiteboarding technology, um, you know, we work we use a, ver- a number of platforms, um, you know, to kind of bring that kind of interactive element back into workshops. Um, and sometimes it's about how you how you structure the workshop now is very differently. Um, you know, you, for example, you maybe had gone, you know, do an hour and a half session, you know, um, you know, like start to finish, you know, all the way through in an intensive workshop. Mm. Whereas now I think you need to kind of add maybe slightly more breaks, get people, you know, kind of step away from it um, because they're in front of their screen now. And, you know, an hour and a half in front of your screen is quite, yeah. it's quite, it's it, intense. It, it, it's quite intense. Yeah. You know? um, so I think if you need to kind of factor some of these things in, you know, to get people, allow people to have breaks um, or, you know, have like a, you know, have an have an interval essentially um, mm. that that takes people away, um, and it's also get the interactivity in there. Um, so you can't just do death by you know PowerPoint anymore. You mm. know, on you know within a on a video conference, you can't just take what you did in the room and just put it straight into a meeting. I think you've got to break it up and maybe do things like polls and try and get people mm. to do like kind of more digital interactivity inside it, which they would have naturally done in the room if you read the room. You know, they mm. would have. You know, you know, ask you questions, um, you know, as you went along where it's, that's much harder because of the latency within video conferencing, um, uh, you, you, you kind of may want to have, you know, pauses to allow people to have questions, do Q and a, um, you know, run a chat alongside your, um, your slideshow run, you know, things like, yeah, do whiteboarding, um, you know, bring in polls. So you've got to think slightly more creativity, creatively around how you bring that theater together. Hmm. Um, you know, on the pitching side, um, I think um, you know when you're trying to win business, that's that that's even you you kind of, you know that that's even harder in some respects because mm. um, you know you haven't got that kind of that kind of tenseness of no, like, you know you can't the read the side. room in the and, same way. You can't, no, you can't read body language and emotion, not at all. No, you, you can't, and I think I think that's um, I, I think we're 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 learning that process. Um, but, you know, there are techniques that people can do. Um, I know some companies are sending things, you know, their mail rooms are actually sending, um, uh, sending like kind of uh, their, their, their mail to their actual employees. So there may be a way where you can do, you know, use things like, uh, you know, like kind of uh, send things ahead of time for the pitch or something to do, maybe do like an unboxing or something. You know, I think you've, you've got to mm. think creative ways to kind of get your message across. Um, mm. Um, you know, if you are pitching at the moment, um, you know, we're certainly doing a lot of workshops um, online um, and, and I think we're getting very slick at like doing virtual whiteboarding and, hmm. you know, changing the way we do um, our workshops to uh, to account for being, you know, remote, um, etc. But, you know, there are some advantages, you know, as well in the sense of you can have more people in the workshop. Sure. You know, you can, make, you, know there's, you know, and, and same with pitching I, i'm guessing on the client side maybe you could have more people listening to the pitch sure. because you know you this oh we can't fit more people in the room or, sure. you know maybe there's physical things that right. stop 
amount of people uh, or you can record the pitch you know you just it's a click of a button nowadays you know from a client side maybe just clicking the record you know the you know I, not too many people would physically record a pitch sure but now they can just hit yeah. the record button and share it with people so that they yeah. can yeah watch it in their own times yeah that's that makes yeah. a, a huge amount of sense so there and, are probably are some advantages um you know you know that, that allow it to be asynchronous um yeah. you know take it off for a recording for later or or replay it etc so there are probably some advantages to clients for doing that and same with uh, with workshops you know there's you know if you're like secondary stakeholders etc you mm. can you can watch the videos afterwards and get up to speed on them mm. well all of this has definitely accelerated the digital transformation within most businesses um and it's it's forced us to transform our businesses digitally i think a lot of businesses prior to this were maybe on the fence and maybe dipping their toe in the water but the the pace of, of which we've had to become familiar with these uh digital tools and sort of transform our businesses entirely is really taken a lot of people by by storm and um uh so maybe talk a little bit about how the pace of digital transformation has sort of accelerated and how COVID-19 has forced us to become a, truly a digital, you know, a digitally yeah. uh, enabled businesses. Yeah, I think uh, there was this, uh, and I, I said in the pre-interview, I, I saw this kind of uh, snippet on Twitter the other day that said, like, who's driving your digital transformation? It said, you're, you know, your CEO A or B or CIO mm. or, 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 or C COVID-19, <laughs> you know, it's a bit right. of a joke. Interesting. But, um, you know, I think it kind of summed things up is that I think everybody, you know, you, you know, there are these great stories about people moving six, 60,000 people into Microsoft Teams in a matter of days Amazing. when, you know, something like that would take months. Um, and because people have had to do it. So people are moving mountains to do these things. Um, and so I think this has really accelerated a lot of digital transformation programs, you know, certainly around things like remote working, um, like overnight. Mm. Um, but I think it will leave, you know, because people have done such a long period of time remotely, I think it will leave like of a, um, a, a, you know, a long legacy um, and it will change the way we do business. Um, you know, I can, a lot of people in marketing, uh, you know, used to have like the traditional face-to-face -face conference, you know, trade shows. I think that that, that space is going to change. Hmm. Um, we saw a lot of clients, you know, have their conferences cancelled and have to do something virtually, um, you know, do a virtual conference. And and they probably found it actually it wasn't that bad. And, mm. you know, they will then go look at the, you know, the costs and go, well, we could run maybe four of these instead of one big one. Mm. You know, people may see the world slightly dif different, um, you know, coming out of this. Um, I think everyone's got used to using, you know, web conferencing technology. And so, you know, I, I, I in my back of my mind is that people are going to look at like office space in a different way. I'm mm. sure they will. Um, you know, do you need the big office space? You know, is everyone comfortable nowadays that everyone will get on with their jobs at home? You know, mm. maybe a lot of CEOs, et cetera, were worried about, you know, everybody needs to be, sure. you know, in the office. and Got to see you to make sure you're working. Yeah, uh, I think that's the, that, that bubble's burst now. Mm. Um, so maybe people don't need these kind of extensive office spaces and people to all be together. Maybe they're only brought together at specific times around collaboration that needs to happen together hmm. and you know we're we're all comfortable with people working from the home offices um you know maybe 
you know, that's another thing, you know, people's homes offices need to be improved, maybe, sure. you know, um, people need to have, them, you know, better internet connections, you know, uh, that are hardwired like they do at your sure. desk, you know, to, to get the, to get the high quality band, bandwidth to allow them to have HD videos, etc. Um, so I think the world is going to change after this, mm. um, you know, or we'll, we'll be used to, you know, used to, used to things that we're not used to, or we were, you know, slightly used to beforehand, mm. um, you know, things like remote working uh, is definitely going to change things. Yeah. Marcus, last question before I, I let you go, what's the silver lining here? I like to end all of these podcasts on a high note. So what have some of the silver linings been for, for you both personally and professionally, because it hasn't been all doom and gloom. A lot of positives have come out of this. Yeah, I, I think, um, I, I think the really nice things are in is certainly around on the bonus around the community um, aspect. I think I think everyone's got to know each other better, um, you know, because you know, maybe because of the remoteness of it is it's made people to actually. I mean, I, I, I guess a good a good example is like uh, my parents are saying this week, everyone says hello to them when they go, you know, when they go on their day's walk um, to go walk the dog and do their exercise. Yeah. People, even though they're socially distinct, actually sure. say hello to them. And I think that's that's kind of that element of that is in right. also in the in the company as well. Um, I think people, are, 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 you know, do feel this common bond um, that we're all in it together. Sure. And so, are, you know, are being more human to each other. Mm. So I think it's brought us together um, and I think we'll, we'll be better for it. Mm. Um, and, and so I think that's the silver lining. I think we're actually doing better work and working better together. Mm. Um, uh, you know, even we are, even we, because we are remote, I think, I think things, you know, I think after this, once we go, maybe go back to the office, I think we will be better for it, you know, mm. because of that. Um, and we'll understand each other a little bit more and, um, and, and, and feel a bit more kind of connection with each other. Um, because um, of this kind of shared experience. Mm, well said. Marcus Lambert is the CTO for Amabono. Marcus, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs>